Just good? It's a great day. Would you not agree? It is a great day. How many of you guys woke up with a breath to breathe? It's a great day. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I am privileged to be able to bring today's word to you. Pastor Sheldon presented this opportunity a couple weeks ago and came into uh, my makeshift office at that point and uh, wrote a date on my whiteboard and said, here's your day, buddy. I said, awesome. Let's do this. And uh, so... We've been enjoying, Chelsea and I have been enjoying our, uh, our time of getting acquainted with Watford City, and we love the church, we love Watford. Uh, this has been a great move for us. And uh, I'd shared with some people that uh, previous moves we've had, it's kind of been rough on our family and my wife, you know, it's taken a while to transition and to, to get into the flow of things. And so I think it was our second week that we were here, we were kind of just laying in bed, and I just kind of said, so how's it going? <laughs> To my surprise, my wife said, I love it. I love it here. So thank you for making this home for us because that is huge for me to know that my family feels like they're where they're supposed to be. And so we thank God that he's brought us here. We're excited for what's in store for WCAG. We're excited for what's in store for all my youth that aren't here because they're out working right now getting everything ready for the Speed the Light Super Dinner and Pie Auction. Um, So it's a great day, amen? Amen. All right, so today we're going to be speaking about Jonah. And Jonah knows best. Jonah knows best. Anybody know anybody that thinks they know what's best for everybody? <laughs> anybody in here, that person that you know best? What's, my wife, if she was in here, she'd be looking at me going, yeah, you think you know what's best. <laughs> but I don't know what's best always. Um, Jonah knows best. Jonah is a great example. A lot of times we just hear about the story about him being swallowed by a fish. But today we're going to talk about the entire book of Jonah. Jonah is four chapters, roughly 48 verses, can be read in about 10, 15 minutes. For those of you who don't like to read, I have an app on here. It's a Bible app. It reads to you. So you can download that. That's always a benefit. But uh, for those of us who know who that person is that knows best, we know that a lot of the times they really don't have any clue as to what's best for for you and I. Um, if you would turn with me to Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, we're going to look at this from the very beginning. And Jonah 1, verse 1 in the New Living Translation says this, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, the son of Amittai, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh, announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. Get up and go. God has commanded Jonah to go to a great city, a city of 120,000 people. And he's coming to give a message, and it's a message of doom almost. I'm going to destroy them because they are wicked, but you're going to deliver that message. Anybody ever have to be that person that's the don't kill the delivery person, don't kill the message? I don't, I don't, I'm not the one that's, I'm just bringing this to you. I think, kind of feel like that's how Jonah was. <laughs> if you see in the next verse, Jonah says, or goes and it says, but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction. So instead of going to Nineveh, Jonah's like, peace, I'm out, deuces. And he takes off. Not the brightest opportunity, not the best plan to go for. He is a prophet of God. 
He's supposed to come and bring these messages to the people. And he says, no, no way. I'm out of here. I'm going the other way. So we continue. And it says that he went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. It's a tongue twister. He bought a ticket hoping to escape from the Lord. And I don't know about you, but there's been times where I felt like I've run from God's call in my life. I've run from the things that, God, things that God's asked me to do. There's been a time where I, one of the most memorable things that I actually regret is I was walking around in Walmart in Colorado, and, uh, and I kind of was going through the grocery aisle, and when I came up to this spot, I seen a girl that I went to high school with, and I didn't remember her name. I'm horrible with names, so please forgive me if I don't know your name by now because there's a lot of you and one of me. So, needless to say, I don't remember her name, and I knew that God said, hey, you should go up to, this, up to her and say hi. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't know about that. I don't think I'm going to do that. And God said, she's in a place where she needs you to come up to her and say hi and pray for her. <laughs> and I decided to be Jonah in the situation. And I decided that that wasn't my place. And I decided that I knew it was best for me. And I decided to turn and walk the other way. Not the best place to be and not the greatest decision to make. Jonah could have said, all right, God, let's do this. Here I go. I'm going to Nineveh. I'm going to take that 500-mile journey, and I'm going to go to this place where this city hates people like me. This city does not like people like me. They actually, skate's graphic, they actually like to skin people like me. They actually like to behead people like me and put them on the walls and to, and to gloat and to show how sinful they are. Why do I need to go to Nineveh? No, thank you. I'll go this way. I'll run in the complete opposite direction. I don't know about you guys, but I'm sure some of you have been in the same position that I was where you felt like God spoke to you and told you you should go do something. And he said, go. And you felt like you knew what was best and you should turn and be Jonah and go in the opposite direction. As we move on in verse four, God sends a violent storm as he gets on this boat. A violent storm. It just so happens that while I was going through my notes and everything, my kids were watching Frozen. And while they were watching Frozen, it was the part where the mom and the dad disappear on their ship. But it's a violent storm. And that was just the perfect picture in my mind as to what was happening while they're out there on this ship. Just being tossed all over the place, thrown around. A violent storm comes. And so what does Jonah do? I'm going to go take a nap. Anybody ever felt like God's called you to do something and you're like, no, I'm just going to ignore what's happening right now. And what's the best thing to do? I'm going to go sleep. I'm going to ignore everything around me that's going on. I'm going to ignore what's happening. So I'm just going to go take a nap. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't, I, that would drive me crazy. And I know it would drive my wife nuts. She couldn't even sleep because she worries about everything at night. Right, women? Anybody else? Any other, any other guys worry about things at night? I go to bed and I'm out just like that. It's over. My wife learned very quickly when we were first married not to talk to me when we're going to bed because I don't respond and then I get in trouble for I don't know what. <laughs> but Jonah decides he's going to go and take a nap. He decides he's going he's to just throw everything aside. During this violent storm, he's going to go take a nap. 
And so while he's sleeping, the crew members get just crazy anxious, worried about everything that's going on. And so they decide, man, we should cast lots and find, find out what's going on. And casting lots is a lot like flipping a coin. They're going to flip a coin and see who's at fault for this. Pray to your God. Find out what's going on. Who's to, to blame for this storm. And so they go down and they wake up Jonah. And they're like, you need to pray to your God. And you need to find out what's going on and ask him to forgive us for whatever's happening. And so they come up after they've cast a lot. They flip these coins. Thankfully, thankfully, we don't have to flip coins. And we don't have to take up lots to uh, find out direction in our life, to find out different things. When Jesus ascended into heaven and sent us the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is our conscience. The Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to direct us and give us that focus. So we don't have to flip a coin and play a guessing game. The Holy Spirit's there to direct us and to give us attention. So thankfully, we have that. And I'm grateful for that. But they go and they wake up Jonah Pray to your God. Jonah knows exactly what's going on. He knows why the storm is violent. He knows why everything's happening. And so he gets to the top, and it says, uh, it says in verse 5, it says, Fearing for their lives and desperate for sailors shouted to their gods to help throw. They threw cargo overboard to lighten the, the ship. A little further down, the crew cast lots. Obviously, I just talked about that to see who offended God. And then... Uh, they finally got a hold of Jonah, and Jonah says, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, and he had already told them that he was running from the Lord. And so it goes on to say, the sailors are like, what did you do? And all I can think of is Tommy Boy when he rips the door off the car and he goes, what'd you do? Only the younger generation caught that. So... That's all I can think of is, what did you do? What, what did you do so bad that God has cast this violent storm upon us? And so the people, the sailors, decide, you know what? We've cast everything aside. Let's start trying to row to the side. Let's, start, try, let's try to get to shore. And here's the problem. is Last week, Pastor Chad talk about, talked about choices and how choices can be affected for a long period of time. Jonah's choice, because he knew best, he thought, hey, if I leave from Tarshish, or leave to go to Tarshish, it's going to be me, and I ain't going to have to worry about it. It's just, what, it's just what I have to deal with. He didn't understand that he put the, risk, the sailors' lives at risk because of his choice to flee and not to answer God's call. And so because he knew best, he made, set the example for the sailors who now know best, and they're going to decide, we're not going to get rid of him. Let's just start rowing to the side and see if we can save Jonah. But Jonah at this point truly does know best, and he says, no. If you throw me overboard, the sea will become calm, and it'll be over. And so the sailors are like, no way are we doing this. This is crazy. And he's like, no, just throw me overboard. And so the sailors plead to God and say, please don't put his blood on our hands. Do not hold us responsible for his actions. We're doing what he's telling us to do. And so we see Jonah gets thrown overboard. And as he's thrown overboard, God provides a great fish to come and swallow him up. 
a great fish to come and swallow him up. Now, a lot of people, there's a lot of people out there that think this story is very skeptical and that it's just a story, it's just a parable. I don't believe that to be so because I believe that the word of God is true and that what is placed in here, God has given us for a reason. Jesus even speaks about Jonah and compares Jonah being in the, in the great fish for three days and three nights to him being um, after he dies and away for three days and three nights and ascends back and comes back from the grave. So Jonah, I believe this story is real. So that being said, God sends his great fish to swallow up Jonah. Now really quickly, James 4.17. I was trying to figure out how to tie in Pastor Sheldon's sin series into this whole deal. And uh, especially with Speed the Light and everything that's happening, I was like, how do I tie this in? Well, James 4.17 says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. There we go. When Pastor Sheldon told me this, I started laughing because all this did was take me back to my childhood. As my mom always said, to know, what, to, know to do right and choose to do wrong is sin. Constantly over and over again. So mom, if you're going to listen to this online, I plugged you in there. <laughs> Constantly, my mom always told us, to know to do right and choose to do wrong is sin. So here we see Jonah sinning because he knew what was right. He knew what God had told him to do. He told him to go to Nineveh. And he chose to do the opposite and go a different way. So Jonah is living in sin right now. God sends a great fish to swallow him up. And in this fish... In chapter 2, all of chapter 2 is Jonah's prayer. Praying to God, just asking God for grace and mercy. Asking God to forgive him for what he had done and for not listening. And in chapter 2, verse 9, after everything is said and done, Jonah says, But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. So Jonah gets to that point where he says, Okay, God, I give up, I'll do what you've asked me to do. Anybody ever been to that point? All right, God, I'm tired of fighting. I am tired of fighting what you've asked me to do. I am tired of doing what you, not doing what you've asked me to do, and I'm done. I'm tired of fighting. I'm ready to do your will. And I believe there are people in here today, guys, where they've been in a similar situation where I have, where you've been running from God, and you've been running from God's call, and it could be very small, or it could be very huge, like going to another country to be a missionary. I don't know what that call is, but I feel like there's someone in here that God is saying, your time is now, and it's time to face the storm, it's time to face what you've been doing, and it's time to go. Because after chapter 2, we see that Jonah gets another opportunity. He's not done. Even when he gets into such detail about having seaweed wrapped around his face and in the belly of a fish and how nasty that would be. God, I'm done. I'm done running. I will do what you want me to do. Just save my life, God. Forgive me. So God commands the fish and he spits him out. And then God says to him, Chapter 3, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. Message hasn't changed. He still wants Jonah to go deliver the message that he's given him to the great city of Nineveh. 120,000 people. Go and tell them exactly what I've told you. So what does Jonah do this time? Anybody want to guess? 
He goes. Doesn't run. He's learned his lesson. So we think. He goes. And he goes to the city. He makes the, the long journey to get to Nineveh. And he gets to Nineveh. And the first thing he does is he tells them that in 40 days, you're going to be destroyed unless you turn to God. Great message. How many of you would love to have that message come to you? You don't get it right. You're done. Change. And here we see probably one of the biggest and best revivals ever recorded. The greatest revival ever recorded because the king catches wind of what Jonah's saying and catches wind that his people are starting to change and they're starting to, to look to God and they're taking what Jonah said as truth and they're moving forward and looking at God and saying, all right, God, we're sorry for what we've done. We're sorry for who we've been. And the king gets this and he decides, I need to make a declaration. I mean, I need to make a decree. And so in verse 6, he says, when the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, took off his royal robes, he dressed himself in burlap and sat on in a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop their violence. In other words, they need to repent. Turn 180 degrees and go the opposite direction. Do what Jonah did. Turn from what you're doing and change what you're doing. Otherwise, in 40 days, you're going to be destroyed. So the king takes this serious. And the greatest part about having a king that catches the heart of God and understands the message is he can relay that to everybody else that's under him. And he has influence. Some of you have influence in your work. Some of you have influence with just the circle that's around you and the people that are around you. And you don't understand how much power and influence you have. God's wanting to use that influence to further his kingdom. He wants that influence so that he can be able to change and transform lives. The people that are desiring change and don't know what that change is, God desires to be that change for them. You could be that voice. So the king sets forth the, a decree and, and declares that everybody is to repent. Everybody is to change. Stop what you're doing. And the best part here is highlighted when uh, verse 9 says, Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. The very thing that Jonah came to speak on was them changing and here's this city of Nineveh, 120,000 people that change. Just like that. God forgive us for being who we are. God forgive us for doing the things that we've done. If it's your will, please don't destroy us. The greatest revival, guys. A city turned around completely. Can you imagine this 120,000 people? Stopping what they're doing and just turning and saying, God, here we are. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of the things we've done. We want to put our faith and our trust in you. That is awesome. A quote from, uh, from Carl F.H. Henry says this. The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. 
The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. And had Jonah not got there in time, and had the people and the king not decided in time that they needed to ask God forgiveness, there is no good news. In our lives and who we think that we know and who, what we think is best for others, the gospel is not going to be any good to them if it doesn't get there in time. And it may be your job. Just as I failed at Walmart in presenting the gospel to someone that was hurting, I regret that day every day of my life. And I'm reminded of that, not to be tormented by it, but I'm reminded of that because of opportunity every day that presents itself to be able to stand in front of somebody and say, God loves you. No matter what you're going through, God loves you. He sent his son to die on the cross for your sins that you could live eternally with him if you would just accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. Never miss an opportunity. God tells us to go in so many different ways. The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. The craziest thing about this, guys, is, is, is as the city of Nineveh repents, Jonah gets upset. Chapter 4, he gets mad. He's angry with God. My phone will work here. Here we go. Okay. The change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. Verse 2 of chapter 4 says, So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? This is what I ran away to to Tarshish for. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. I left because I knew you would do this. Jonah knew best. I knew you'd do this. Speed the Lights theme this year is the human right. The human right to know Jesus. It is the human right. The video said it is young and old. It is the human right to know Jesus. Since when did Jonah know what's best for Nineveh that they didn't deserve that right to know who God was? Since when was he put in a position that he can make that decision on his own that they don't deserve God's grace and mercy? Because he says right there, he opens up and says, I knew you would do this. That's why I ran away. Too many times, guys, we are faced with opportunities where God says go, and we take their human right away from them by saying, no, God, I'm going to go this way because I'm scared. I know that they may actually accept you, but I don't think they may be good enough for that. Since when do we have the right to say who's good enough and who isn't good enough for the saving grace of God? It's not up to us to decide whether or not they should be saved or not. That is up to God. That is up to the Holy Spirit working in their lives. It is up to us to be able to present the opportunity to share the gospel with them. It is up to us to give them their human right to know Jesus. Guys, today we have such an awesome opportunity with doing our super dinner and speed light auction, pie auction. I know many of you in here know what's going on, but for those of you who don't know what's going on, this is an opportunity for us to, to support Speed the Light. Speed the Light 
is a student-led missions-giving program through the Assemblies of God where they give money so that missionaries are able to go to wherever they're at and present the gospel, whether that be they need vehicles to get there, whether it's they're in the middle of somewhere where there's a lot of snow and they need a, a, a snowmobile, or they need a four-wheeler, or they need a vehicle, or they need a big command center. Whatever the case is, if they need to be able to have a microphone and speakers so that everybody can hear them, we give so that they can go out and have the equipment and have what they need to present the gospel to the lost. Speed the light simply is this, that we speed the light of the gospel into the darkest places. We can give to missionaries so they can go where God has called them to go and present the gospel. By giving today, guys, and by doing what we're doing today, it's not just because, oh, it's something that we should do and, and, and it's the, the Assemblies of God wants us to do it. Guys, this church is very missions-minded, and it was a big reason why we were so interested in coming here. Because missions is huge in my heart. I've been on 14 missions trips from when I was a teenager all the way into college and, and as a youth pastor in Colorado. I love missions. I love being able to support others that are called to different areas. And Speed the Light is a great place and a great way that we can change lives. For every, the saying is for every dollar give is an opportunity for one soul to be saved. I'm so proud of our students, guys. When we went to convention in October... They took up a speed light offering, and they do this every year. And all the students in North Dakota gave the second biggest speed light offering in history for, for convention. They gave just over $15,000. We're talking 12 to 18-year-olds, guys, that sacrificed 15 grand to go to speed the light. I'd say North Dakota students get it. Because the day that they gave, especially from our youth group, I'll brag on our youth group, our youth group gave just under $900. 30 students gave just under $900. That day we went to the mall. They could have spent their money on whatever. They might have spent some money on whatever, and your parents were like, what did you take them there for? I blame Pastor Chad. It was in his plans. <laughs> they gave just under $900, guys. That is amazing. They could have spent it on whatever, but they chose because they understand missions. They understand this church's vision and missions. They understand who, what they're giving to and why they give to it. And that blew my mind. It seriously broke me down into tears when I found out exactly how much they gave. And that is amazing that our kids grasp that and understand that. The Speedlight projects that we're going to uh, give our money to today, guys, is a group called Free International. Free International... Is, uh, is a nonprofit organization, and they specialize in finding those that are being human trafficked for sex trafficking. Um, it says right up there, the average age is 12 to 14 years old for girls that are trafficked in the U.S. Free stands for Find, Restore, Embrace, Empower. And the whole purpose of this organization is to go out and to save these young girls and to find them where they're at. And I know the city just did, about a month ago, they just brought awareness to Watford City about sex trafficking in the Bakken. And this, comp this organization, Free International, North Dakota has committed to giving them $50,000 to help with what they're trying to raise money for. And what they're trying to raise money for is command centers. 
These command centers specifically are going to be traveling between Las Vegas and the Bakken. Going back and forth trying to find these girls so they can rescue them, so that they can help take whatever their needs are. They can build them back up because they're so broken and feel like they have nowhere to go and, and nothing that they can accomplish. And they take them and they put them back into the world and say, you have purpose. God loves you. You have purpose. These command centers are going to have lawyers available. They're going to have medical staff available. Anything and everything that they need to make it happen is going to be in these command centers. And it's going to be traveling back and forth between the Bakken, North Dakota here, and Vegas. And that is the specific words from the organization's director, as he told Twyla. She just emailed me this on Friday. That they are committing, that they are going to have a command center. So this is relevant to us. This isn't just something that's, oh, good for you. You know, you guys are, you're aware of what's going on. This is home, guys. This is here. And so what we're doing today and the money that we raise is going to these command centers so that we can help further this ministry in being able to save these young girls that are enslaved into a horrific, horrific struggle. It is our opportunity to be able to minister and to be a part of what this organization is doing. It is your opportunity to be a part of something great in our lives, guys. It is your opportunity to be a part of today to give the speed the light. So we can give so that they can go. And as Pastor Chad and Melissa have been posting, they've been hashtagging, we bake so they can go. The pie auction, we're doing all of this, everything, every dime goes to speed the light to further God's kingdom. And I am happy to be a part of that, and I hope you guys are excited to be a part of that as well. If I can get Rachel, thank you. Um, you guys, I want to take this opportunity to just be honest with you guys. I don't know this story, this, this sermon hit home with who, but I believe that no matter what, if there was just one person where this hit home because you've been running from God, the time is now to stop running. The time is now to say, all right, God, here I am. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to serve for you. In whatever capacity that may be, that may be giving financially, or that may be you've had a call to go to another country, but you've been afraid. Just as we sang the song, we're no longer a slave to fear. We're children of God. It's time to stop being afraid. It's time to stop listening to Satan sitting on your shoulder telling you what you can and can't do because he does not know what's best for you. God knows what's best for you. God knows what's best for you. And he wouldn't call you to go somewhere. He wouldn't call you and tell you to go speak to somebody if it wasn't for a reason, if it wasn't to bring glory and honor to his name. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't put you in a position to embarrass you. Guys, just as Jonah was called to go to a city that was destructive and hated his people, he eventually went. And with everything that's going on in our world today and how relevant this story actually is to us, it doesn't matter, guys, what's going on. If God tells you to go, it's time to go. It's time to step out in faith and trust. Don't be Moses saying, but God, what if I can't speak? God will give you the words to say. He'll tell you what you need to say. He'll give you 
in the right moment at the right time. If I could have everyone bow your heads and close your eyes. Just out of curiosity, with nobody looking around, just out of curiosity, I'd like to know, just by a raise of hands, if God has specifically placed on your heart that you're called to missions and you've been avoiding that calling. And if that's you, if I can just slip your hand up. Nobody's looking around. Thank you for your hand. Thank you. And I don't even have to ask for you to raise your hands because I know that there are many of us guys that have done exactly what I did at Walmart. That God's called you to say something to somebody or to speak to somebody. And we've missed that opportunity. We've decided to be Jonah and turn away and run the other way. I don't want to miss an opportunity. Just like we've seen a great revival in Nineveh. I'd like to ask now if there's anybody in here that would say, Pastor Dustin, I've never had a relationship with God. And I would like to have that relationship with him. I'd like to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. If there's anybody in here that would raise your hand that would say, Pastor Dustin, would you pray for me that I accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior if you just slip your hand up? want to take this opportunity if everybody would just repeat this prayer after me Father thank you that you love me that no matter what I've done your grace is sufficient forgive me of my wrongdoings forgive me of not listening and obeying Jesus, would you come into my heart? Would you cleanse me and purify me? Would you take away my sin? Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for me so that I could spend eternity with you. Amen. Guys, before we close, I just want to take this opportunity to pray with all of you And then if you feel like you're that person that God has called you to go, but you've been avoiding that calling, I would encourage you to come up and talk with me. I'd love to pray with you, to encourage you, to help get you going so that you can stop running, stop battling the storm, stop battling everything that's going on and just say, God, here I am. I'm yours. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we can come together, God, to grow in your word, God, to grow in in every area that you have for us, God. I thank you that we have the opportunity, God, to learn more about speeding the light, God, of of your gospel, God, your mission. God, I pray, Lord, for our missionaries right now, God, that you would just protect them wherever they're at, Lord. God, that you would place your hedge of protection around them, God. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. God, give them boldness to proclaim your truth, your gospel, Lord. Give them boldness to proclaim, God, who you are in their lives, even if it's a message, God, of doom and destruction like you gave uh, Jonah, God. I pray, Lord, that they would proclaim the truth, God. Proclaim your word. God, help us, Lord here at Wofford City Assembly of God, Lord, wherever we go, whatever we do, Father, as we step outside these doors into our mission field, God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us, God, to see others as you see them. Lord, we may not miss an opportunity 
to share you with others. And when you, God, lay on our hearts to speak to somebody, God, I pray that we would not do what I did a while ago, Father. I pray that we'd take the opportunity to serve and love you and to show our love to others. God, help us to love one another. Help us to love you and help us to love others, God. We thank you for this day. We pray, Lord, that you would just bless, Lord, as we go to have some fun, Lord, in the fellowship. And God, to raise some money for your, co- for your kingdom and for your cause, God, I pray that you would bless the giving, Father, to further your kingdom. We just praise you and we thank you. And it's your name. Amen. This time you guys are dismissed. I encourage everybody, we have enough food for everybody to go and to be a part of the soup, super dinner. Have some soup, have some salad, have some bread. Stick around for the auction. I heard it gets crazy. I don't know. I'm experiencing this for the first time. But it's exciting. Anybody excited and feel energized? Woo! Awesome. You guys are awesome. Have a great day.